One, two. <coughs> one, 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 one. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you for listening. Lovely to have your company and great to be back. Episode 359 of Your Tech Life. And yes, I had a little break. See, what's interesting here is that I did start getting emails from people going, um, is everything okay? Um, something wrong with my podcast app. No, not something wrong with your podcast app. Something wrong with your host. Uh, that's me. Um, I won't lie. Priorities. Killing me. Killing me. <laughs> um, and um, this little beauty has suffered, and I, I admit that. Uh, I'll try and rectify that partly today and partly in the weeks ahead, but uh, I'll explain more shortly. Uh, your Tech Life, do it all. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, uh, and, of course, Alcatel and uh, their brand and range of mobile phones, which will soon include a whole new brand uh, later this year. Uh, back from Barcelona, back from Mobile World Congress, and I've got a few uh, interviews to bring you from uh, Barcelona, as well as a mix of other great calls. We've got a few calls uh, to to take tonight and, uh, and generally wrap up things from Mobile World Congress. Uh, hopefully you got the, the bulk of that from Two Blokes Talking Tech with Stephen Fennick, which you can obviously also download and podcast each and every week. Um, but uh, a little bit more in-depth and a few interviews here on Your Tech Life. Uh, it is great to have your company as always. Hopefully, this is the nervous part. I just realised that's why I shot in the arm. Hopefully your podcast app hasn't stopped the download. Do you know how after like four weeks or something it says, eh, I'm not going to bother anymore. There's nothing new here. So hopefully you still get this. Tweet me. Say hello. So you can bu- abuse me on Twitter. Tweet me and abuse me for my lack of dedication to, to the show. Uh, but anyway, Your Tech Life, episode 359 is underway. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor Long's the world's best techie. So my problem is focus, and I have a uh, I have no major issue with with focus, but um, the uh, the fun and games that appears with uh, with my focus is I have just so much on, and that is why I have neglected in in many ways this uh, this great program, uh, and I don't intend to do that um, regularly, but sometimes it just happens. Now, for those of you that follow me closely, um, you will have noticed that I had a, a sit-down with Daniel Ricardo in Barcelona when I was over there for Mobile World Congress. So I've got to be honest, it just took my focus. I spent so long organizing that interview um, and planning it and working towards that and technically planning that. My cameraman and I in Barcelona, I didn't even do a podcast in Barcelona for crying out loud. Um, and that was when I kind of realized that it had all gotten too much. <laughs> um, you know, the, the things that are static in my life used to be um, your Tech Life on a Tuesday night. And I can't record anymore on a Tuesday night because I have the radio show every night. Um, so one of the challenges with callers and, and interacting with you when you send me emails is uh, getting the um, getting the time to speak to you. Some people are willing to talk to me during their workday, others not so much. So actually getting to, to speak to, to listeners and callers who are looking for tech advice is, um, is fun and games. So um, anyway, uh, that's that's kind of the distraction and the and the reason, and um, and we'll we'll work through that over the over the weeks ahead. I'm pr- I've started just recording bits and bobs as we go through, and then trying to pump it out during the day. So w- I will find a groove. I promise. I will find a groove. Um, that's that's how we roll here. Um, but you know, as I said, there is two blokes talking tech every single week. Uh, there is talking technology on 
uh, Talking Lifestyle, the the radio network that now runs across Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. Uh, Talking Lifestyle 954 in Sydney, Talking Lifestyle 882 in Brisbane, and Talking Lifestyle 1268, uh, I think, in Melbourne. Um, so you can you can hear me every night of the week on those on those radio stations, and that same show, the full show, and the interviews are podcast um, each and every night. So there is a lot of content, uh, an enormous amount of content for you to uh, to enjoy if uh, you are desperate for an overwhelming amount of content. And I I hope that you are. But if you're not, and you're just tuning into your tech life, I appreciate it. I appreciate your loyalty, uh, and that to me and to my sponsors. And we'll keep cracking away as best we can each and every week. Uh, here on Your Tech Life. So coming up on this show, we, uh, we have a couple of great calls. I want to wrap up Mobile World Congress, and I want to bring you three great interviews that I had uh, rounding out Mobile World Congress, um, and I'll bring you all of those your things shortly uh, right here on Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening, and uh, always great to have your company. If you want to get in touch, just go to the website, eftm.com.au, as David did. G'day, Dave. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks very much, Trevor. What can I do for you? Well, I've, um, I did try the... Uh trial of um, Amazon Prime Video. Oh, yeah? And, was it the Grand uh, Tour was, that prompted uh, you to do that? Pardon me? Was it the Grand Tour that prompted you to do that or something else? Uh, well, it was actually, yeah. Mm. Uh, funnily enough, yeah. With the old um, guys from, uh, what, do they, what do they call themselves? Top uh, Gear. That's it, yeah. Yep. Um, I did see a little bit of that and uh, I thought I'd go with the um, uh, yeah, the free trial. So, yep. Which I did, um, but I, I couldn't find a way of actually um, looking at it on any other device than my iPad or well, the phone. I, I can't watch that sort of stuff on the phone. But Too I small. thought perhaps there might be a way of linking it via AirPlay to um, uh, the TV. But Does that the, doesn't seem to be the case. So, so the, I, you know what? I, I, it's funny. I here's how I watched uh, the Grand Tour because that was the only reason I signed up as well. Um, I watched it either on my computer the first few episodes, and then I, I happened to be traveling most of the time uh, otherwise, so I was just watching it you know, on the iPad. Um, I, I don't even notice whether there was a, uh, an option for, uh, for, for AirPlay. So you're saying there's no option for AirPlay? Um, no, that's right, yeah. On, on Amazon Prime. That's, that's ridiculously strange, isn't it? I'm just loading. I've got my iPad in front of me. And, I, and the other thing is, have you got which generation Apple TV have you got? Second, I think, yeah, it's not the big one with right. the big um, uh, remote. It's a you know simple silver sliver right. of uh, yep. aluminium. Thing. I know the one. Yep. Um, so I I'm on my iPad here, and I've opened up Bosch, you know, which is one of their shows. Yeah. And I do have an AirPlay yeah. icon, and I've got um, you, I've got okay. both both generations of Apple TV in different rooms, and they're both showing up. So I think, mate, I mean, little little triangle under the yeah, um, little triangle uh, under the square, under but the it screen. appears. In the top right-hand corner of the screen, um, next to the volume bar, and obviously yeah. you need to be on the same Wi-Fi network um, for, yeah. for that to work. I'm just wondering, just was it only uh, the Grand Tour you tried to watch? Um, no, well, Bosch was a, another one. That was another, there you go. another product. <laughs> we well, because I was just thinking, I wonder if it's one of those stupid things about these streaming services where they had the rights to show it but not stream it or, you know, not airplay it or something like that. But then with the yeah. Grand Tour and Bosch, they are, um, you know, they're Amazon originals. So there's no doubt that they would work. So I'm yeah. just, you know, flicking through. I'm going oh, to – it keeps updating while I'm, while I'm typing. But um, I was just wondering whether something like Seinfeld, uh, you know, which is um, yeah. also on Amazon Prime. But strangely, it's also on Stan, which is kind of weird to me that it's sold into both of them. But – I wonder whether I can, you know, that's a show that would be really weirdly rights restricted. Um, and I'm just going to stream here an episode. Yep, no, I've still got the uh, the AirPlay icon. You can tap that and it'll appear up on the, the screen next to me. So, no, working fine, mate. So I think uh, just double check that you've got the Wi-Fi connected and you should be fine. Yeah, well, it, it's, um, I've, uh, the uh, free trial has ended now, so I'm, uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> pay for it. That massive $2.99, mate. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's $2.99 US, uh, so it'll work out to be about 6 bucks. So what I would do is yeah. just sign up for the month, just just pay for a month, obviously, and yeah. Um, and, and yeah, go go for your life that way. Uh, obviously, if it doesn't work on your computer, on your um, iPad, then may I can't imagine why, because iPads and Apple TVs 
are directly compatible. There's no virgin, version ish, issue with, you know, you've got to have this version of Apple iTunes yeah. and this version of that. So it's pretty pretty yeah. compliant in that sense. Hmm. Okay, it's not on... Certainly not on Apple TV. Uh, Apple no, I just searched. I just searched anyway. the. I just searched the new Apple TV because I was going to see whether maybe you could be convinced to buy the new one. But there's no Amazon yeah. Prime app on that either. So. No, I think it's a Australian version. Of, you know, you don't get Hulu or any other. Yeah, American, exactly. Uh, um, interesting uh, though, the, they have released an app on the Samsung TV because I've got a Samsung smart TV and there's a. Uh, yeah. There's a, an Amazon Prime app for that. But there's okay. so I, I watch it built into the TV. It works really, really well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, we've got a, a Sony uh, Bravia, but that's an old version. A bit old now, yeah. So it, it doesn't have um, doesn't have that facility. Well, mate, yeah. just get that. Just give that uh, you know six or seven dollar trial a go for one more month, and just double check mm. that you've got the Wi-Fi fired up on both, and you should be able to watch it beautifully on the big screen TV. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks very much indeed. No worries, mate. Good luck. And uh, if you've got a, a question yourself uh, about uh, technology in your life, uh, just get in touch. Go to the website. So if you'd love to, I'd love to have a chat. It's a great question you've got. If I can play a little jingle, say g'day, Larry, and you can ask me a question. That'd be great. All right. Here we go. Stand by. Talking technology without the jargon. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. And if you've got a tech question, just jump on the email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. As Larry did. G'day, Larry. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? I'm asking on behalf of or She's a pensioner on her own. Hmm. And she's a phone connection. She's going to have to go NBN shortly. Yep. And I'm just asking what's the... Uh, a landline anymore only without internet or is a mobile phone a best option oh you, you know what you've nailed it i don't think if you don't need the internet i don't think you should connect to the nbn because all you're getting is an internet connection that provides a phone line uh and frankly it's it's better just to have a mobile you can get now larry um does she make a lot of calls or just need to be accessible like you need to be able to call her yeah she needs to have uh contact with on and she needs to have like a landline connection or land calls. Yep. Uh, but does she make, what I'm saying is, does she make a lot of calls or just receive them? Oh, she probably makes a lot of calls. Yep, okay. So, mate, think about it these days. You can buy unlimited calls on a mobile phone very, very cheaply. Um, so I, I would think yep. that if you were to get her a very basic mobile phone, um, you know, something with, you know, big buttons, small screen, whatever you like. It doesn't matter. There's a million different options. You can get them from a service station, right? Um, and then go somewhere like uh, Kogan Mobile uh, online. Uh, so koganmobile.com.au. I think their cheapest plan is something like $12 a month. And yes, we've, ha- we've had a look at that. And what's her concern mm. is she, she's tried a mobile phone, but is there any like elder? That are a flip design? Yes. Oh, mate. Look, if if you if you need to go to Telstra, then so be it. But they do have Telstra have a flip phone, for example, that they sell. It's about a hundred dollars. Very simple. But okay. again, you, you could. I would encourage you to go to JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, and look for their cheapest, simplest phones. Okay. okay. I, ignore all the fancy stuff. And look for a yeah. flip phone. They do exist, mate. They really do. Uh, you shouldn't need to pay more than a hundred dollars. Um, and Trevor, you said there. You said about uh, not going to the NBN. Is that an option? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have... Yep. Oh, that doesn't seem to be clear. No, it, you're right. It's not because I guess the, the the theory is that you know everyone wants something, and so it is a very very small percentage of people like your mother-in-law who don't need the the services that the NBN offers. So um, you're right. It's not made very clear, and I think that's the challenges of people like me having to educate people over the years ahead. But my advice to you is to not sign up to an NBN plan. Her landline phone will stop working in 18 months after the NBN has been been available for her. Um, right. Get her a great mobile phone. As I say, uh, Woolworths. I mean, walk, go, go to the places you wouldn't normally expect to buy a mobile phone, like a service station, like Woolworths, Coles, um, even Aldi. Find a mobile phone yep. that she likes. And then either Aldi or Kogan Mobile have great low-cost unlimited call plans. Very good. Gosh, we're with Kogan at the moment because they right. had quite a good deal for twelve yeah. months plan. Yep. Well, I uh, I'll give you this little scoop, Larry. Uh, tomorrow morning, because by the time everyone listens to this, 
Um, it won't be a scoop anymore. But tomorrow morning on the Today Show, just before 8 o'clock, we're going to reveal a Kogan Mobile deal for 12 months that is very, very good value. So keep your, oh, okay. keep your eye open to that and get ready to click and maybe, maybe save a, a few bucks on, on a 12-month uh, sign-up, mate. Excellent. Thanks right. for your advice, Trevor. Good on you, mate. My pleasure and good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you've got a question about technology, just go to the phone. So go to the email, uh, eftm.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS technology, including those awesome fitness trackers and fitness trackers for the kids too. The Vivo Fit Junior, available in five different colours for just $99. A great little product that um, totally um, um, fits the kids because it doesn't just track their steps, it tracks their sleep. And 60 minutes of daily recommended activity. Plus, the free parental controlled app includes fun and educational mobile adventures for kids and chore and behavior management for parents. So you can set a reminder for your kids to brush their teeth, put the bins out, whatever it might be, and it all helps and appears on their wrist uh, as the Vivo Fit Junior tracks their day and advises them what they've got to do next. Uh, the Vivo Fit Junior is available now. Uh, you'll check it out now at garmin.com.au. So Mobile World Congress. Now, um, I'm going to bring you shortly uh, a bunch of interviews from Mobile World Congress. But before that, uh, a couple of comments on two big phones that I think came out of it. Now, yes, the BlackBerry and the Nokia were, were huge, and we talked about them a lot on Two Blokes Talking Tech and in a lot in the last little while. But the um, the, the two that I like were, um, were the Huawei P10 and the LG G6. Now, I've still got both these phones, and... I've got to tell you, the LG G6 is a stunning phone, beautiful design. Um, they've done a really good job at, at um, just finding a way to, to create a look that doesn't absolutely match every other phone, but it still has the form and functionality of a standard smartphone. So this tall screen means a, a, a little bit of extra capability. So imagine you're looking at your iPhone or Samsung phone uh, in landscape mode, about to take a photo. And you take a photo and that little little square appears in the corner showing you the photo that you've taken. And then you take another one and it over that, that square is replaced by the last one. Well, on the G6, there's basically like a camera roll down the side. So you take the photo and then the, the photo appears. And you can see basically the last four or five photos taken. Uh, the same in their square photo mode. They've got some really good ways of utilizing that space. Um, they say it's great for widescreen movies in their official um, uh, you know, 18 by 9 format. I don't think that's going to be a big thing, and I think they probably shouldn't play that up too much. I think things like when you're typing on the screen, you're seeing more text above it. So if you're on a web page, you can read more. If you're in an email, you can see more of what you've written. There's actually more to see. Now, LG are well ahead of the pack here because Samsung are probably going to release a similar-sized and proportioned screen um, uh, in a couple of weeks in New York. And LG are not only out ahead of them, but they're going to release in stores ahead of them. So it's smart marketing by LG. And I can't say yet what it is, but the, the way they're going to market people into Telstra stores to buy this is world-class. It's the first, first time I've seen such a deal. Basically, they will incentivize you to buy this phone uh, by offering you um, incentives, let's just say. It's a, it's a very, very smart deal from a, a company with as wide a portfolio as LG. And I think it'll work for Telstra. It won't be the number one selling phone, but it'll, I think it'll do very well simply as a result of the deal they are going to offer. And I can't say more because they didn't announce it today as I thought they were going to. So you might have to wait a week for that. Now, um, the P10 from Huawei, um, likewise, has stuck with me. It's a, it's a good phone. It's an amazing camera. Beautiful. They've redesigned it slightly. It's a little bit more iPhone-like in its curved edges and things. Um, and I think that I've said before, and I'll keep saying again, I think the home button is just bugging me a bit because you have to go into the software settings to, to make the button a home button. Otherwise, it's just a fingerprint scanner. So it's a bit confusing, I think, for a first-time user. Um, but hopefully they um, they do quite well. That I think overall the Huawei P9 um, is probably taken back a notch by that weird fingerprint sensor home button arrangement. But if they bring it out at the same price, the $799, it will be 
very, very tough to uh, to challenge uh, on spec and price. And I think that's the critical thing um, for Huawei. So interesting to see how they go with that. But um, but those are two very, very good standout phones in my mind from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Now, I should say, if you didn't follow everything we did in Barcelona, a bunch of really great videos. Um, we do a daily video blog, vlog, or vlog, as my kids call it. Um, uh, and they're all up on YouTube now, so you can flick through them or you can follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Um, love to have your company and banter there as well. Um, Talking yeah, technology more from Mobile World Congress shortly. Tech right now, we'll Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life. You've got a tech question. Just jump on the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Anton. G'day, Trevor. How are we going? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, Trevor, what we want to know is that um, obviously um, they've put the analog systems off to the televisions hmm. a couple of years ago. And yep. Since then, I've not installed the digital, digital antenna. You've literally uh, gone without out, television for two years. Yes, basically. Huh. <laughs> um, so what I want to do is I want to get that up and running, but I've just had NBN installed. Yeah. Um, so the question now is, is it worthwhile putting a digital antenna up or, or go with somebody like Foxtel, or is it better to work through some internet provider like a, a, a Stan or one of those guys? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it depends what you want to watch, honestly, Anton. You know, if you're not watching, uh, you know, Married at First Sight uh, live or the, the news live or... You know, it's really about live versus on demand because so much content is now available on the internet. Um, you know, I don't know, major things like uh, the, the, the state of origin. You're not going to be able to watch that um, via your internet connection very well. You'll be able to watch it on a mobile phone. So I would always say, look, I'd put a digital antenna up because you've got a TV. Um, yep. Television is free to air. So once you've installed the antenna, it is yours to watch whenever you want for free, whereas everything else you've listed requires a subscription and, and a usage cost. All right, and, and if we can ask, uh, I'm not quite sure, because at the moment, um, Foxtel has got, um, uh, obviously, contracts with sport and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but obviously, you've got other countries that's got actually better products. Yeah. So in that case, like, for instance, Rugby Union, um, you can watch um, in other countries for half the price that you can watch in Australia for, which is a, a much better service. Um, can, is there something available that you can, which you think would be better to do, or can Australia buy packages into those systems from other countries? Or Look, there's always there's, there's always a way, let's be honest. Um, you know, it's it's complex. You've got to get a VPN. You've got, to, you've got to look like you're a local and subscribe to those local things. But Australia itself and all of our content, I don't think it'll change, mate, for, for five or ten years because of the way oh. our networks run their rights deals. So, you know, Foxtel and the big free-to-airs are going to buy the sporting rights. They're going to spend everything they can to buy the sporting rights because it's so critical to their business model. But there will be a time down the track where, you know, YouTube, Google, uh, Facebook, Twitter buy rights to things. So it's hard to tell what will happen down the track. But right now, um, your big sport is is best placed either on um, on free-to-air or via Foxtel. Uh, mate, look at me. I love my Formula One. And I, will, I am paying and will continue to pay $60 a month just so I can get the Formula One, essentially. Now, I get some other channels and I get to watch other sport if I want to. But in reality, I'm only, I'm only paying so that I can watch that Formula One because it's coming down the Foxtel box via the cable. So, you know, the cable Foxtel is unbelievable. It's great quality. Um, it's well worth the investment, I think. But you've got to know what you want okay. to watch first. Okay, so, so there's still a lot of... Uh, um the traditional TV is still very useful. Australia is a, a long way away from getting rid of computers. traditional TV. Yeah, no, exactly. Long way off. Ah, okay. All okay, right, uh, Anton. Time Thanks to get an antenna, it looks like, mate. Good luck and uh, and enjoy the All TV. Right. Thank you. See ya. Thanks. And if you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com.au. So back to Mobile World Congress. Uh, thanks for your call, Anton. Um so what I did, I sat down with a few, or sat down, stood up in the middle of the hallway, whatever, with a few executives from a couple of companies. I want to bring you those back to back now. Um, so I'll, I'll preempt them now so that you know what they are and, and how they occur, because I'll just uh, stitch them together here back to back. But firstly, we'll hear from Sam Skontos, who is the managing director, the boss of Alcatel here in Australia. Now, Alcatel is owned by TCL. Um, TCL is a huge Chinese uh, electronics manufacturer of TVs. Alcatel is their mobile phone company. They have a factory where they make and design end-to-end the whole 
process, and they've just licensed the BlackBerry brand. So we'll talk to Sam about the BlackBerry brand, the future of the BlackBerry brand, and also the Alcatel brand, because it's going to be absolutely hitting its straps this year here in Australia. Uh, straight after that, we'll talk to Michael Tran from Oppo, another big Chinese mobile phone company. Um, Michael and I caught up at an FC Barcelona game that, that Oppo invited me to, um, and we just had a chat about where the brand was going this year and the technology they introduced at Mobile World Congress. And finally, we'll hear from Andy Penn, the CEO of Telstra here in Australia, who um, was once again traveling the world following me around, stalker, uh, and um, and we had a chat about what Mobile World Congress is and different things, including the Nokia 3310. So first up, Sam Skontos from Alcatel, then Michael Tran from Oppo, and Andy Penn from Telstra. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. We're in Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I've got to say, feel like a bit of a time machine here in Barcelona because the talk of the show is two brands, uh, Nokia getting a bit of attention for their uh, retro handset, but the the real story is BlackBerry because BlackBerry is officially back and there will be a BlackBerry in the market uh, in Australia this year. Sam Skontos is the boss of Alcatel slash BlackBerry in Australia. He joins me now. G'day, Sam. G'day, Trevor. How you doing? Uh, probably not as well as you. Uh, good show for you, being uh, you know the the boss looking at how the reception has been for the phone and I guess dealing with, you've been dealing with telcos and partners behind the scenes. How's the reception been? Yeah, reception's been phenomenal, to be honest. Um, the the response from partners, uh, some consumers who have been here as well, uh, has just been amazing. And uh, look, it's it's the the old brands versus the new brands, and uh, I'm happy to say that the the old brands are back and back in a big way. When you first heard that uh, BlackBerry was going to license the brand to TCL, your parent company. Did you expect that it would be, A, uh, uh, the product that it is today, and B, that you would be in this kind of phase so quickly um, of hype and and anticipation, or did you think it was going to take longer to build? No, I did think it was going to take longer. Um, I I guess I've been pleasantly surprised by the uptake, by the... um the interest from all various types of people, from carriers to distributors to, to end users. So, been very surprised, but um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a lot quicker uh, deployment than what we ever thought. And is this a critical thing for you as a, a Australian uh, arm of the company? Because we've talked a lot over the years about how uh, Alcatel has, you know, your number three. Um, I think we're talking now six quarters in a row. Um, so that's a long time to be the number three brand. I think you're up to 6.9% market share on the IDC figures. So huge numbers of Alcatel branded devices in the market. Um, but, you know, at a lower price point. That's, that's, been, that's a great thing because there's a huge market there. But does this give you an opportunity as a company to target a higher price point? But with respect, mate, $7.99 is a great price point. It's not even the premium end of town where the, uh, where the Apples and the Samsungs of the world are. Yeah, look, Trevor, you're 100% right. Look, um, I guess from a strategy point of view, we, we're not trying to be everything to everyone. So with the Alcatel brand, we've done a fantastic job in positioning it as the entry level, great value, value for money for uh, handsets. There's no way in the world we'll be able to move up the value chain with the Alcatel brand. So what the BlackBerry brand gives us is our ability to move into the mid to high end. Uh, and the BlackBerry brand has actually got really good pedigree in those segments. Yeah. Do you uh, hear that from the telcos? So the people you meet with here, and that's, this is the behind-the-scenes kind of about Mobile World Congress, it's not about standing up and just announcing a phone. That's the, that's the first day. Your days are probably back-to-back talking to media like me, but also then dealing with the telcos and the corporates of the world. Do you get an immediate uh, solid reaction from them? Um, i.e., are the telcos all going to range the BlackBerry, do we know yet? Look, we haven't met with all the uh, the Aussie uh, carriers as yet, but I can guarantee you that uh, carriers that we've met from Asia um, are already committed to it. Um, I've already received POs for the product in Asia. In fact, uh, um, you know, I'm very, very happy to say that we've got the very first order of BlackBerry Key One for the whole company globally come out of the Asia-Pacific business, which is my business. Um, so really, really excited. Uh, we have a couple of carriers who are extremely excited in, in Australia, but we haven't spoken to all of them as yet. So until we get you know, a, a better feel for all of them and until they see the roadmap ahead, the story behind the BlackBerry, it's not just a matter of launching one product. We've got a roadmap. Yeah. We're going to release... Well, you have to relaunch products. the brand, don't you? You can't just bring a phone out. You have to relaunch the brand and the... I guess the philosophy of BlackBerry, which is security, um, which is the workhorse for the corporate world, because there's going to be a huge market. And I guess you can do this uh, directly as a team. You don't have to hold on to the telcos for this. In talking to corporates who ship 
hundreds of phones to their business every year, and they're, they're going to save 300 bucks a year uh, using BlackBerry, let alone increased security. Uh, absolutely, and, that, and they're the key points. It's been priced strategically. It's been priced to be able to get instant instant results, and I think we're going to get those results. But you're right, we've got to re-establish the brand. We've got to reposition the brand. Um, we've got to really zoom in and talk more about security. Security is one of the strong points of BlackBerry as a brand, as a product, and, and we've got to reinvent that. We've got to bring that security aspect back top of mind yeah. for the enterprise market, for the, the high-end consumers. You know, we're doing a lot of stuff on our phones as consumers today, mobile banking, and there's all uh, all these other various um, uh, bit of uh, phishing and scamming and whatever happening can come into phones. We've all got to be aware of the fact that it, you could be attacked. Yeah. You could be attacked on your mobile, and we carry some very, very sensitive data. We have to make sure that people understand the security aspect of it. That's going to take some time. We've got to position it. We've got to get the carriers to come on board. Uh, all this needs a, a bit of work, but I'm encouraged by the the uptake, the the interest, and and uh, and the excitement levels that have been generated by uh, Aussie uh, carriers, Aussie distributors, and, and and people back home. And just finally, before we talk about Alcatel on BlackBerry, does the parent company have a I don't know a global approach to in you know throwing money at the brand because you know you can't be expected to build the BlackBerry brand up based on you know Australian orders you really need to kind of over invest in the brand in terms of marketing is that part of the strategy from TCL globally to make sure that you grow the brand at the same time as you're building that roadmap? Yeah definitely look um, the the BlackBerry licensing agreement is a strategic agreement it is a way for TCL to get into the mid to high end uh, segments globally it's a way for us to be able to get into markets that we haven't been able to get into. So it's very strategic, but we also know through our Alcatel experience that you can't just launch a product and expect it to take off. You're actually responsible for positioning the brand, creating that brand awareness, creating that brand um, traction. And uh, in order to do that, you've got to invest. You've got to invest in your brand. And uh, we're prepared to do it. Well, speaking of carriers and brands, Alcatel, um, a couple of things you, you appear to have done this year, and we, we saw this a bit at CES to start with, but uh, realigning the naming protocols for the for the phones, um, so different series of phones. Um, I, I assume to help navigate the range and the features of phones from you know bottom to mid. Uh, and secondly, how is the process of dealing with the telcos on Alcatel? Because I know. You've had some frustrations over the years having a great phone like the Buddy Idol 4, an amazing phone, um, but, but it hasn't made it to market because you've been waiting for a telco to pick it up before you go direct. Are you prepared now to just go, you know what, we've got the web store, we're going to launch it, we're just going to sell stuff direct, telcos take what you want? Yeah. Look, um, the naming convention first, we had a really complicated and and confusing naming convention and uh, we've simplified it. We've listened to customers, we've listened to carriers, we've simplified it, we've got the U range which is your universal access which means we're bringing technology to the masses, uh, entry level. Then we've got the A series which is affordable premium and it's really a bit more premium but very, very affordable. Then we've got the Idol series. Talking about the Idol 4, great product, fantastic reviews. Um, it, it's been frustrating because we've had a carrier shortlisted. We could have um, sold that into a retail market who wanted it, but we held off for the carrier to make up their mind, and then that carrier decided not to go ahead because they were, um, I guess, overstocked on other products in a similar range. So we, we got caught out a little bit. Uh, we are launching our new uh, web store uh, within the next six to eight weeks. Guaranteed you'll get an Idol 4 and 5, which is the new Idol, sold online at a very good rate and direct to the public. Yeah. So, um, and then the telcos, in terms of how their response has been to perhaps actually ranging more of your products, uh, you know, I think that you look at the range, I think Optus has been pretty pretty solid over the last 12 months of all the telcos. Um, does that show a, an awareness of the market from, from them more than anything else? Oh, look, we've, we've got great relationships with all carriers and um, unfortunately you've got a balance um, giving a product to one carrier and not upsetting another. So it's, it's a typical situation where, um, you know, we also offer exclusivity. We've got a fairly unique strategy that if we give a particular model to one carrier, we're not going to go to the other carrier and sell the same product. I don't believe in that. I believe in differentiation. And so you're limiting your opportunities by doing that, but I think you're also building stronger relationships with the carriers. Um, we've got very, very strong relationships with all carriers. Uh, we deem all of them as super important to our business. 
um, because we are a carrier-driven business. So uh, we've got some great um, launches coming up this year with uh, not just Optus, but uh, some of the other guys as well. So, uh, you know, watch this space. Now, just finally, I was looking at the IDC figures um, for Q4 2016. Oh, staggering numbers to look at. Like, just, just looking at the chart, and I've put the chart in a, in a story up at eftm.com.au, Apple, you, you know, huge resurgence uh, in terms of their market share. And remember, IDC is the number of devices sold into the market, so to the carriers and the, and, the, and the retailers. It doesn't actually say how many are sold, but you can see trends, and I think you can take it as read that Apple sold a bloody lot of phones. Um, you had, a, you had a growth up to 6.9%. Two stories for me I'd like your, your feedback on, just observationally, is Samsung took a massive hit at 15 point something percent and Google appearing at 4.9 or something percent like that, do you think that is a genuine reflection of the number of Google phones that sold in market or do you think perhaps we'll have to wait for the next quarter to see whether that's sitting on uh, store shelves? Yeah, look, there's, there's probably a combination of both. Uh, interesting comment. Um, Samsung's woes with their battery issues on the Note 7 obviously had its toll, but Google Pixel's launch was very timely. And I believe that the Google Pixel did pick up some market share, and they picked up the market share that, uh, or some of the market share that Samsung would have lost, because they are competing head-to-head -head in that space. At the same time, we've got to be careful with the IDC numbers, because they are selling, as you said. And to really get a good reflection of how well the product is going or the business is going. You've got to look at it over maybe two, three or four quarters. Yeah. So no doubt. This is why you're happy to have six quarters in a row at number three. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you look at our numbers um, in 2016, every quarter we grow. Every quarter our business is growing. Where some of my competitors have a great quarter, one quarter, the next quarter is pretty low, which basically means they've sold a lot into the channel, but not a lot is going out into the consumer. So you've got to be careful. You've got to look at it over a number of quarters, and that gives you a really good indication of, uh, of how business is going. But it's certainly, I think, Pixel, the, the, the Google Pixel product is a good product. I think it's done very, very well. I think it's done very well against Samsung's woes. Um, but look, I, I, Samsung's a big company. They're a great machine. They're a great machine. They make great products. I wouldn't write them off just yet. Yeah. And should we, will we see BlackBerry as a, a standout on its own as, a part, as opposed to being another in a year from now, do you think? Um, Trevor, in Australia, Apple and Samsung have about 80% between them of the total market. I know a lot of the carriers, a lot of the distributors, a lot of the channels are frustrated at this duopoly. They, there is a serious need for a good number three player. The BlackBerry brand is a good number three. And we will have to beat yourself? Hey, we will give it a good shake. We will give it a good shake. And I think that at the premium end, at the high end, the BlackBerry brand will again be a very, very dominant brand. Good luck for 2017, Sam. Uh, good to chat. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. A little change from the convention centre. I am uh, I'm at FC Barcelona home game uh, as a guest of Oppo and the Australian boss of Oppo, Michael Tran, is with me. G'day, Michael. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, really well. Uh, interesting show for you because when you come to these events, normally there's a mobile phone to be announced. You announced a mobile phone technology without a mobile phone, the five times Zoom. Uh, what's the strategy behind that? Is it about showing what you've got coming in the future and how your technology's advancing outside of just the phones? Yeah, definitely. Well, our main focus at the moment will be focusing on the camera phone. And uh, what we've done is look at um, how we can improve the camera phone for normal everyday consumers because you're carrying your mobile phone and you're using it as a camera. So we want to make sure that the camera uh, on the devices are amazing when you want to use them. And it's not new uh, for Oppo to be focusing on camera. I remember going to Singapore like two or three oh, years yeah. ago and they had a reversible camera so that the, they were using the, the high-end camera which was theoretically the back camera but you could switch it around and become the front. So yeah, I would argue you were the first to do the whole front selfie camera being high-end. Your Oppo R9S has you know, high-end 16 on the front and back. So. Is this a show how important the camera is? And do you have research that shows how important the camera is to consumers? I think we're looking, we're noticing more consumers are focusing on the camera. Well, as a brand ourselves, we've just changed our, our uh, I guess, the name to Oppo Camera Phone. Though it hasn't been rolled out in Australia, the focus will be uh, predominantly on the camera aspect of the device. Yeah. So globally, they're starting to use the term camera phone instead of smartphone 
because of the importance of the camera to the device. That's correct. And especially with um, the consumers that are purchasing our phones, we, as you just mentioned, uh, the N3 had the motorized uh, camera on the device, the R9 had 16 megapixel uh, front-facing camera. I, we're moving towards a path where we're making sure that the camera quality on the devices are amazing. Yeah. So the first part is the camera, second part is the phone. Right. We've literally got to that point. We're at a show where uh, Nokia announced a phone that has none of those features, basically, yet, um, you know, that's that's a publicity-gaining thing. Well, tell me about FC Barcelona. I think it's an interesting um, link. Is this is the strategy behind having a, a, an association, a sponsorship with FC Barcelona, not only to show how big a brand you are, but to capitalise on on such a you know huge fan base like this? Yeah, definitely. It's to show how big our brand is, and also within the Chinese market, uh, FC Barcelona is quite well received, and I think that's the reason why we sponsored them. Yeah, right. So uh, talk about let's talk about Australia overall. Um, I've been you know kind of following the IDC numbers. I don't really see the other end, the the output numbers, but you know market share is good. Um, you're appearing on your own in your own right. That's the most important thing. You don't want to be part of other, right? Yes. I think it's um, we've been in the market for over just over two years, and you know when we first entered the market, it wasn't an easy start for us. But what we've done is persevered and really shown where we want to position ourselves in the market, and we've introduced, um, I guess, our brand as a premium device and at an affordable price point. And that's how we're going to uh, we'll be continuing that into 2017. I should say uh, that we can't hear the football in the background. We're in it's it's half time in the football, and we're in the we're in the lounge area, so the music is a DJ here. It's not it's not like we've met at a nightclub. Um, so the strategy, uh, as I would articulate it, has been, you know, make a, a strong retail deal. JB Hi-Fi was, yeah. was a big deal. Um, start some uh, uh, telco partnerships. Yeah, you know, you did really well with Optus this year. Yeah, and then we've just partnered up with Vodafone and Virgin, and uh, we've seen very strong success. So, so the R9S uh, launched in Vodafone, uh, in Vodafone Virgin, and yeah, Optus. Optus. That's right. Um, so that's, that's a big deal to have such a, a large base of telco partners, because as much as it's great to have a JB Hi-Fi, by direct sell. Um, Australians love their contracts, Australians love their plans, so it's kind of a big KPI tick for you really, isn't it, to get into those telcos? Definitely. It hasn't been, a, uh, hasn't been easy to get into the telcos, but um, it shows what we're capable of doing and showing them that we're committed to the market and they've actually opened up and now we're seeing really amazing results. With respect, is it a bit of two things? Is it that the telcos literally just want to deal with the, the big end of the market and the Samsungs and the Apples are easy to sell? Um, or is there a bit of reluctance on them and they want to see you put boots on the ground and they want to see you score runs essentially uh, yeah. with consumers before they take you on? I think it's uh, they want they need to see that we, we can, um, we're here for the long haul. And I think what we've done is shown them what we've done, been able to do in JB Hi-Fi, in Office, works with mobile and um, build the brand in the Australian market and I think that's uh, the key to our success investing in our retail partners. How do you measure success in Australia because obviously the numbers that you get are, are big uh, Alcatel for example number three in the market yeah. it's great but they're selling a lot of uh, you know feature phones let alone you know uh, much more affordable phones are you just going neck and neck with Huawei or uh, are you managing yourself just on with blinkers on and just doing deals as you need to be done and making success? I think with us is that we're looking at at certain price points and making sure that we we focus on what we need to do as a brand. We're mindful of all the other competitors around us, but um, as a brand, it's more about worrying about how we position ourselves in the consumer's mind. Have you done any uh, partnerships in a sporting sense in Australia like you have with SCB? Not at the moment. However, there are discussions, but we're just waiting to see. Um, yeah, you'll probably hear further about that later on down the track. <laughs> very good, very good. So 2017 is off to a great start with the R9S. Um, lots of big things to come throughout the year? Yeah, definitely. We've, we've got some uh, exciting things that we're going to be releasing later this year, and I can't wait to share it with you. All right, Michael, thanks for your time. Let's get back to the game. Yeah, no worries, bro. We're in one of the main show halls here at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona and a couple more days still to go here but we bumped into a very important person who has probably had more meetings than anyone else at the show, uh, Telstra CEO Andy Penn, welcome. Hi Trevor, thanks very much, great to be on the show. What brings you to Barcelona? I feel like uh, we were in Vegas only a few weeks ago. We were in Vegas only a few weeks ago and it's really interesting actually because um, the reason we were in Vegas was that we were at Consumer Electronics Show yeah. which is very much about what's happening in a tech space obviously in the consumer electronics yeah. um, environment and of course Mobile World Congress where we are today in Barcelona is really about mobile technology but the fascinating thing is is actually how 
similar these two shows are becoming and that really is reflective of the convergence between technology on the one hand and telecommunications on the other hand. You have been very busy. I would love to say I've caught up with every announcement Telstra's made this week, but I, I honestly can't get my head around them all yet. I need some time to get over them. What, what are the top two things? Because I saw optical networks, I saw LTE broadcast, I saw a lot going on. What are the two biggest things from a consumer's perspective in terms of things that will uh, benefit Telstra customers or enable the next generation? What, what are the big things here from you at, at uh, Mobile World Congress? Well, one of the things that we did announce earlier in the week was uh, an LTE broadcast initiative. And basically what this really means is that currently, if you want to watch media or like uh, a movie, uh, across a mobile, on, across the internet on a mobile device, you you obviously have to download it, and that yep. can take time, etc. What we can do now through mobile, uh, through LTE broadcast is we can preload that movie in high def with surround sound capability at a time earlier than you might actually. So this want was to. this was a big partnership too. Yeah, so this is with 21st Century Fox and uh, and Ericsson. And what it really means for customers is they basically they get a great experience, they're able to access the movie uh, very, very quickly, and basically there's no data cost involved for them. Is that a, uh, I don't know, a pivot or whatever you'd call it? Because I've got to say, it's, it feels like a year and a half ago, I was at the NRL Grand Final where you were demoing and trialling LTEB broadcast technology for sporting events. Is it a realisation that actually sport is a very small part of the potential for that kind of broadcast technology? Well, it's interesting that you mention it, and, and this is actually a good example of where Telstra is playing a role in trying to lead technology globally, because we've actually had to work really hard to get all people, all parts of the ecosystem, so the chipset manufacturers such as the Qualcomm's, yep. the radio access equipment providers such as the Ericsson's, uh, the operators such as the Telstra's, yep. to really come together to get behind a piece of technology, because they all play a role in yep. bringing it to life. So. Would the other important thing, though, not as obvious to the consumer, be that backhaul conversation you had earlier in the week about the optical, I think it's with Ericsson, yep. um, huge upgrade to your network. And we're talking about basically the pipes between all the towers and the, the core infrastructure that mean you've got more capacity. That's about re being ready for the next five years? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, we're still seeing data on the networks really increase by you know, up to 50%, if not more, per annum. And so, um, most people might think about the level of communication from the mobile phone to the mobile tower, but actually behind the mobile tower, there's what we call a whole um, aggregation layer of uh, network or, or backhaul, which is actually about then transmitting that data yeah. uh, where it needs to go. And so some of the really cool technologies that are here at Mobile World Congress are about how to actually make that backhaul more efficient and build capacity there to deal with the growth in volumes we're likely to see. Because that's the challenge here. This show isn't like the consumer electronics show in that it, you can walk to every stand and go, there's a new gadget, there's a new thing. There are, like, I oh, look, we look, we're standing outside Cisco right now. You can go to Ericsson and there's, you know, there's two metres of exhibition space, but behind the, there's meeting rooms galore because they're doing deals about the networks of the future. Um, I guess the other thing that, that jumps into my mind is, I think it was yesterday's announcement about uh, voice over... Wi-Fi? Yes. So how does that work for a consumer? Well, so voice over Wi-Fi is very, again, it's very cool. I mean, simply for a consumer, it means that a consumer can basically originate a call on a mobile device on a 4G network, come home or wherever they may be into a hotel room, and the, and the call will switch over automatically to the Wi-Fi seamlessly uh, in the hotel, and you can therefore switch between the fixed network and the mobile network. Great call quality. Is the real benefit of that well, one of the real benefits of that to people that ha love being on Telstra because of the plan they're on or the regional coverage, whatever it is, but just at their house. I get two bars instead of five. But if you've got great Wi-Fi, you don't have to worry about that because your calls are coming through because you've got good Wi-Fi. Is that another gap that it fills? Yeah, no, it does. And what it is, it's, it's really just a small example of what we call network convergence. Because out there at the moment, um, there are fixed networks, there are mobile networks, there are Wi-Fi networks, and the question is, how do you actually, from a customer's perspective, they sort of really don't mind what they're connected to, they just want to be connected. Yeah. And the question is, how do you actually create, create seamless transition between each of them when it's the best financial deal for the customer and the best quality service for the customer? Now, just lastly, uh, I felt like, and I've said this many times, apologies to people who have heard me say it, but I felt like I got into DeLorean and went back to 1999 here because all week I've been getting radio stations and TV conversations about Nokia and BlackBerry. <laughs> uh, 
it's a bit weird, don't you think, that we're talking about Nokia and BlackBerry again? Um, on BlackBerry, uh, is that a device or even a, just a company that uh, excites Telstra for two reasons? One, because they do have a good reputation in the market broadly, and two, because it's not a bad thing to have more players in that uh, in that high-end or value price point, uh, you know, around a thousand dollars. This is going to be eight hundred bucks. People know BlackBerry so well. It's going to disrupt the Samsungs and Apples of the world. That's a good thing for competitiveness, surely. Well, I think any innovation in the handset um, arena is, is great innovation. We had the Google Pixel launch last year as well. We've got the new BlackBerry uh, and, of course, in, as you mentioned, the Nokia 3310. Now, unfortunately, the Nokia 3310 is only 2G enabled. Please tell me you went in there and had a conversation with them and said, what on earth were you thinking? Exactly. Surely that thing, even at 70 it's $70 is the conversion rate, right? But sell it for 99 good margin. You could sell hundreds of those devices, probably tens of thousands in Australia, if it was 3G capable. If someone slapped them around, is that going to come around to them? I'm pretty sure they're going to enable it for 3G. We, had, we did have a chat with them, and uh, I think that's on their product development roadmap. So uh, uh, we'll hopefully see some Nokia 3310s as well. And, of course, with the game of Snake. <laughs> of course. <laughs> now, uh, Vegas, uh, January. Mobile World Congress end of February, March. Where are we off to next? Should I talk to uh, your PA well, and organise that we meet up there? Well, Mo Mobile World Congress actually has two satellite um, okay, conferences as well. One in Shanghai in June and another one in uh, San Francisco in September. And I'm on the board of GSMA, so I sort of am part of the organisation of that as well. And, uh, uh, and they tend to focus on different areas. So San Francisco will focus very much on media and, and then, of course, Shanghai is much more about Asian, Asian uh, issues. Global travels is the way to do it, but uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I assume you're heading off now because it's been several days at the show. You'd be exhausted, but uh, a big show, a very successful show, and a lot of announcements from Telstra. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Trevor. 103,000 delegates uh, this year, and then next stop for me is uh, San Francisco, Cupertino, where we uh, uh, a number of our Silicon Valley partners are as well. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you downloaded automatically. Uh, if you didn't, just hit reset. Tell your friends. Tweet your friends. I don't know. Uh, apologies for the delay. Uh, we'll try and get back into some regularity. I'll eat some prunes or something um, and keep you informed. But as I say, there is so many ways to stay informed now uh, with everything that I'm up to. If you uh, don't know where, don't know how, send me an email. I'll let you know. Uh, but the podcast for Talking Technologies out every single night from the radio show that's on Talking Lifestyle. Find that at talkinglifestyle.com.au. Uh, two blokes talking tech every week and we'll be back again soon with episode 360 of your tech life thanks for listening